All right, inbound attendees, Rocketeers, viewers, listeners, I don't care who the heck you are, but we are back. We're ready to rock and roll with another episode of That's Right, Inbound Speaks, where we interview the speakers of Inbound, and this year is hashtag Inbound 2020. I'm super excited because today we have a, a friend, a person who I've seen online for years, uh, one smart and creative man, might I say, and so we have today Jason Balls. Let's go ahead and jump. Jason, okay, so here's the thing. I can't believe this is the first time that we're actually talking on the interwebs. Um, and the good part is we've got people who are going to be able to see this. Uh, I feel like we're just going to have a conversation like we're sitting at a pub, uh, you know, and we're just going to rock this out. So as we get into this and we start talking about this idea of digging deeper, uh, the fact that you've been doing podcasting, the fact that Inbound has you in the podcasting track, um, Tell the inbound attendees, the viewers of this video, a little bit about you and actually what makes you tick. Okay. Uh, well, I think anybody who knows me uh, at all probably thinks that bourbon makes me tick, uh, which is partially true. Um, I am. I live in Kentucky and I do work with uh, bourbon clients and so have for a long time uh, and enjoy that. But uh, I'm in, I, I live in Louisville, Kentucky. Cornet, the agency where I work, is in Lexington, Kentucky, which is you know the the, the two big cities in in Kentucky, and about an hour and fifteen minutes away. Um, and um, I've I have a PR background. Um, I made a I had a first career in college athletics as a PR guy, um, you know managing the press conferences and the press row and the stats and all that kind of stuff. And then uh, about fifteen years ago, I transitioned out into mainstream marketing, advertising, PR right in the middle of the whole social media explosion. And because I had used all these online tools and whatnot to publicize my athletes, I kind of knew what the way they were and kind of jumped right into it and have kind of snowballed from there. I've written a couple of books. I've got a third one coming out. Um, and Cornette, what makes us tick is, is solving problems uh, for our clients. And, and that's kind of a theme uh, throughout my career is, you know, what is social media? Well, let me help solve that for you and figure out how you can use it. You know, what is content marketing? Well, let's figure out, let's solve that problem for you. Um, and so I've just continued to do that from a digital perspective through my entire career and have a lot of fun working with clients doing that. It's good to have fun when you're working with clients. And <laughs> I love the backstory. I, I think I'm going to also start a dashboard with these inbound speaks as far as how many interviews actually involve or talk about alcohol. Because our first interview <laughs> with Teresa, it was gin. Uh, and then we've got okay. bourbon. So, we, so we've got two out of three so far. So I'm, I'm going to have to create a dashboard. Maybe we'll share that with the, the viewers and <laughs> listeners. But here's the thing. Digging deeper. Um, make creativity your business advantage. It, we're talking about podcasts. First of all, how the heck did you get into podcasting? Um, why, like, why do you keep doing it? Like, let's just give us a foundational baseline of why people should even think about this or, or move into this direction. Well, the reason I got into it, uh, what, there's a couple of reasons I got into it. First of all, my first job ever, my first real job at 14 years old was a disc jockey at the local radio station. So I've been a broadcaster my entire professional career, 35 years now. I've been doing broadcasting. And so, um, you know, podcasting is obviously a version of that. And uh, it's actually a stroll down memory lane for me because 
doing a podcast going into, I use Adobe audition going in there and editing the audio and all that kind of stuff reminds me of the old days. Now, when I first, the old, old days, when I first started, there was no computer digital editing. It was all taking the razor blade to reel to reel tapes and things like that. So I learned the old school way, but that's kind of what I did for the first you know, probably five or six years of my career, professional career. The reason that I've really started using it a lot lately is because A, I love broadcasting. I love sharing ideas with people. Uh, it's easier for me, even though I, I, I fancy myself a writer and I do write quite a bit. It's easier for me to, I think, communicate more genuinely in a live audio or even a recorded audio or video um, you know, manner. And so podcasting for me is just an easier, faster way for me to get my ideas out there. And then when I can plug that approach into either Cornette and what we're trying to do as an agency or our clients and the audiences that they're trying to reach, it's just kind of my interests cross with their needs. And that's what being a, a good professional is all about. Oh, uh, yeah. Being a good professional. That is true. I love that. Uh, there's so much good right there. Sprocketeers, viewers, listeners, you probably want to like just re-listen to that micro section right there. Uh, Jason, what's interesting is you're not really, you don't have a session. You're part of the podcast track. And so typically I would ask like, so why should people attend your session? But in this case, why should people listen to your podcast? Like, what are they going to get out of? What's the value add for, you know, entrepreneurs, leaders, business folks? Like, just give us the why. Sure. So every episode, and, and we're, we're trying to prepare a kind of a special episode for uh, the one that will launch during HubSpot or during Inbound this year. Um, and, um, and, and so every episode I interview at least one person, usually one person who is a thought leader in the marketing space, but we really try to focus on how they tap into creativity to make it their business advantage, because that's sort of what Cornette tries to do with each of, of its clients and the projects that it works on. And so, you know, we'll interview CMOs, we'll interview CEOs, we'll interview influencers, we'll interview people who are a part of the marketing services software world. But we're always looking for what's that creativity angle. And it's not just how do you use ad creative? That's one part of creativity. It's how do you, you how do you creatively solve your business problems? And that might be through strategy, it might be through distribution. It might be through supply chain logistics. But we try to get in that the, the mindset of the people who are most successful uh, in their businesses and figure out how creativity lays on top of that, because that's one of our strengths as an agency. So we like to sort of champion it uh, when we're talking about it to other people. You know, I love the fact that you said the word creativity like multiple times uh, in that section. And, and I've always fancied myself as a creative, actually maybe a recovering creative because, you know, now it's more the marketing side, the business side, but I still have that element inside of me. So when you think of creativity and you think of business, like why is creativity so important for people to have and leverage and use as they move forward, Jason? Well, I mean, if you don't have creativity, you're 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 boring, <laughs> you know. And and the solutions that you bring to the table are are eventually going to be boring. They're going to be sort of staid and predictable, and they're not going to solve the problems the way that you need them solved. The consumers 
are changing all the time. The marketplace is changing all the time. If you were to go to the table with business solutions, marketing solutions, creative solutions, even finance and accounting solutions, the same way today that you did 15 years ago with no creativity in adjusting the marketplace, your business would be dead. So it's really, I think, sort of the foundational underpinning of anybody who is successful and can sustain success over time. Oh, man. Man, let's just drop the mic. Let's drop the mic right there because you got to be able to change. Uh, and it is about being successful over time and sustaining that. It's, it's amazing. But here's the thing. As you were talking through that, Jason, my mind was going, you know what? There's somebody out there who thinks that they're in a boring industry. There's somebody out there who thinks that they themselves might be boring. So like, what's one tip that you would give to folks that would maybe help them unleash their creativity uh, because they don't think that they have it or they don't think they're in a space for it? You know, that's a really good question. And, and there's, a, there's a couple of ways I look at that. If you, if you feel like you don't have creativity or you're boring, um, there's, I, would, I would say let's step back and look at other people in your industry or in adjacent industries that you think are creative and find the type of content, the type of creative programs, advertising and whatnot that you find creative, you're gonna start to see some opportunities and some parallels in there. But even more you know, close to home or personally, if you can just take a couple steps back and clear your brain from time to time, that's when the creative juices flow for me. I've, you know, the last probably six or seven years, I have an active meditation practice. It's not a religious thing. It's just stop, clear my mind, get all the junk out of the way so that my brain can operate a little bit more clearly. And when I attack a problem, whether it be, you know, hey, I've got to figure out a way to balance this budget or I've got to figure out a creative concept that's going to bring this idea to life for a client. If I do that and I kind of flush out the system so that I'm coming with a blank slate, it gives me a lot more opportunity and confidence to be able to think beyond what I would have, the box that I would have put myself in before. So a lot of times it's just making sure that you're taking care of yourself, making sure that you're cleaning that head out every now and then. Um, you know, and sometimes it's walking away from work and just, you know, watching a movie, listening to, you know, music, go for a jog, something that, that gets you back to a level point where you can then start to think, okay, how do I solve this problem? Because that gives you a lot more confidence uh, in approaching those challenges. Sprocketeers, viewers, listeners, uh, do you feel a theme happening? If you didn't watch last or yesterday's, actually it would be yesterday's episode with Will Smith, it was all about self-awareness and energy and really stopping and paying attention to oneself. So Jason is right on this same kind of theme of like, look, you got to know you and you got to pay attention to you and, and where you're at. And, and I love the fact of like meditation and, and being able to really center yourself back into this. So Jason, one of the things when we've started uh, this interview, you mentioned I've got a book coming out. So I want you to tell me and the inbound attendees about your new book. Uh, what's it about? When's it coming out? Uh, where can we get it? Like all the good juicy stuff about that because we're curious. Sure. I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to talk a little bit about it. Um, the book is called Winfluence. Uh, re reframing influencer marketing to uh, ignite your brand. 
is the subtitle of it. And it's obviously about influence marketing. I've, I've, I've been a practitioner of influence marketing basically my whole career because I've been a PR guy and that's ultimately what public relations people do. But as you look at it in today's context, I think we've, we've backed ourselves into a corner and we're thought, thinking about and talking about influencer marketing from an Instagram, YouTube perspective. We're looking at it in a very tunnel visioned uh, way and influence marketing without the R on the end of it focuses on the action that you're trying to achieve, not on the person that you're trying to achieve it with or through. And so what that does is it broadens our perspective and allows us to say, how are we going to influence the audience to think the way we want them to think or do what we want them to do? Well, we could find people who are influential with large audiences over here on the internet, but we could also turn to political lobbyists who don't have a following online. We could also turn to local community leaders or the president of the local PTA. We could also, um, you know, work through uh, if we're, uh, I, there's a great word of mouth case study out there for chocolate milk, where uh, they worked through uh, the, the milk people, the dairy folks worked through high school football coaches to, to let teenagers, preteens and teenagers understand more about how healthy chocolate milk can be because of the calcium in it, right? So those people don't necessarily have big online audiences, and yet that was influencer marketing. So the book is really about how to look at influence from a broader perspective, how to approach it strategically, and how to focus on the action, not the person, so that you can be much more successful. The book's due out in January, I believe, uh, knock on wood, uh, from Entrepreneur Press, and um, I'll have uh, lots of updates on that uh, on my website at jasonfalls.com as they come available. So I have a question, and so this is a little sideways from the typical questions that I was going to ask, so prepare yourself. Because um, we started this interview talking about creativity, and then your book is about you know influence or influencers or just kind of winning attention almost um, in, in a broad spectrum of ways. So if, if I ask you, where do you think the intersection of influence or influencers and creativity collide what do we see there like what does your brain unpack when you think of influencer or influence and creativity i love i love this question i mean it, and it's you could not have put the golf ball on the tee uh in a better way for me so one of the inspirations for writing the book was just that and you know at cornet we make creativity your business advantage we were doing a lot of influencer marketing programs with our clients, and we were sort of looking at influence marketing from a very creative perspective. I'll give you a, an interesting example. Um, most people think of influence, influencer marketing as I'm going to pay an Instagrammer or a YouTuber to mention or use my product, give it a review. It's a one-time thing. It's a transactional deal, and then I'm going to move on with my life um, and hopefully be, be successful. The way we've always looked at it is we want to build relationships with influencers over time who align with our brand, um, who have similar audiences. So there's overlap so that we build a consistent relationship with them and their audience over time, because we know that's ultimately going to pay off for us, you know, in, in spades down the road. And so um, looking at influence marketing creativity, instead of going to someone and saying, can we pay you to use our product in your next recipe? Or can we pay you to use our product in your next post? We would go to them and say, what is it that you need to be more successful and how can we help you get there? 
And maybe that's we give you money, but maybe that's we just give you resources. A great example is uh, one of our clients had an influencer that we had used a couple of times trying to sort of, you know, make sure that there was good alignment there with the audience and whatnot. The posts were successful. Um, he really enjoyed working with the client. The client really enjoyed working with him. He had a very short, informal, kind of rough around the edges video product that he was putting out there on social networks. We went to him and said, what if we come in with a production company and raise the bar for you and just make your videos better? And, and that way, we're not necessarily writing him a check, but we're elevating his game. We're making him better with the content that he's producing. He ate it up. And the client loved it. He loved it. His you know content got better. His audience grew, and now it's a, a great you know hand in hand partnership between the influencer and the brand. Love that great story. So, Jason, here's the thing. Uh, sometimes I'll ask like, what do you want people to take away from your session at inbound with some of these interviews? Again. Uh, you can answer this in one of two ways or both ways. Uh, first way is when people listen to your podcast, what is your hopeful, hardcore soul? Man, I hope they take this away from when they listen to the podcast episodes that we're putting out. Or um, after this interview and the things that we've talked about, what is the thing that you hope people take away as they go and start to watch inbound sessions, as they start to learn um, and kind of maneuver themselves from where we are at in the world now to where we're going to be uh, in the very near future? My hope for every podcast episode and every piece of content that I do, uh, regardless of, of what medium it's in, is that they take away something useful that they can use, you know, within their their own business, their own marketing. And so when I have guests on the podcast, I try to ask questions that are going to help address pain points that my audience has. You know, if it's someone in e-commerce that I'm interviewing, and then I know I'm going to have a lot of people interested in that. So I'm going to ask those questions that are going to say, hey, I've got e-commerce or I don't have e-commerce. How do I set it up? How am I successful? with it. I'm trying to peel back a layer or two so that the audience can walk away with something they can implement and put to use for their, their business or their brand. Um, and so, and I think the other thing that I think people would take away from listening to the podcast on a regular basis is just kind of a, a sense of curiosity that I have. The questions that I ask are not just the standard, you know, tell us your favorite case study and how did you do that? And what are the steps to take? A lot of times I'm getting into philosophical discussions with people about, is this a, is this something that's a PR thing or is this an advertising thing and why can't they work together? And so we talk through a lot of the issues to make everybody smarter about them so that they can make better decisions for their own companies. So much good stuff. You need to rewind, listen to this episode again. I'm telling you, there's some great stories. There's some great points. But Sprocketeers, viewers, listeners, what I want you to do is I want you to focus on creativity. I want you to focus on the fact that you should always be digging deeper. See what I did there? Make sure you're being a happy, helpful, humble human and doing some happy hub spotting along the way. And we'll see you in the next episode.